Thank you for checking out this episode on Really Dicey's Game Master podcast. You can see the video version of this discussion on YouTube, as well as more content on reallydicey.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode of Really Dicey. This is Manny. I'm here with Matt and RJ. And today we're going to talk about escalating scene tension. Um, sometimes as dungeon or game masters, you come across when you're running a game where uh, things may slow down a bit um, or the adventure goes off track a bit. Um, it could be for uh, any number of reasons. And most dungeon masters and game masters, including myself, sometimes may feel a bit anxiety like, oh boy, we better get back on track because uh, I don't want the people to lose interest in the adventure because it, if there's too much chaos, then there's no point of continuing the game, honestly. Um, it's, you know, not that it going off the rails is a bad thing, you know, it, when, you were, when you're with your friends, it's, it's um, you know, it's always a great time. But you, if, you're, if everyone's invested in the adventure, it's your job to make sure that um, that, that adventure is completed. You're the, you're the dungeon master, that's, that's your role. Um, so, uh, I'll start first. Um, usually if I want to escalate the tension, um, I would bring this to the table. Um, this is not crystal meth. This is... <laughs> Although that would work too. <laughs> um, this, um, this is about, I believe, a minute of time. Usually, uh, I don't have to say anything. I just bring this out and turn it up. Um, and then uh, usually the players start getting uh, anxious and wondering what's going to happen now. Uh, usually I warn them, um, sometimes I'll warn them with saying that, uh, that you have a minute to decide uh, what to do or something happens. And um, it, I notice immediately uh, players become frantic and they start trying to think of, uh, of, uh, of whatever situation they're in, whether they're, they're in a room talking or they're in a dungeon trying to figure out which way to go or uh, in a very tense uh, scene with the guards um, that they know they have a, a minute at least before um, to act or else something, something fun, at least on my end, uh, will happen. <laughs> Yeah, and what's funny is that when you do that, sometimes the uh, the players give you ideas as to what's going to happen at the end of that timer, right? They start saying, oh, no, at the end of the timer, X is going to happen. And you're like, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that beautiful back and forth between players and game masters. Yeah, we don't always need to, um, to improv those scene escalations, though, right? It's really handy to have some pre prepared ahead of time. Um, in narrative games, when I when I prepare for narrative game, I usually prepare for every scene ways to increase the tension in the scene um, ahead of time. So I think about what's going to be happening there, what kinds of things could happen. Um, and it depends on the type of scene, right? For action scenes, you're going to have different ways of escalating the tension. And for dramatic scenes, you're going to have entirely different ways of escalating the tension. Scene tension can it doesn't have to be just about fighting. Um, it can also be about, uh, it could be about many other things. And uh, if you're concerned about adding an element to uh, uh, add more fun to your, to your game, and you, maybe uh, fighting is not the way you want to do it, uh, there's, there's so many other ways you can, you can do so, like um, add some sort of like political drama. Um, when, I, when I do Middle-earth, uh, there's not a lot of monsters uh, a variety of monsters in Middle Earth, you know, usually goblin orc, goblin orc. Um, <laughs> so, I, I to avoid 
um, it being repetitive, uh, I try to add a lot of political drama to uh, to the adventure. You know, they're 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 uh, certainly part of a council, um, and um, uh, they have uh, players have their goals, and sometimes council members have um, very opposite ideas or very opposite goals in mind. And so you, the the seeing uh, setting up the scene between players versus your NPCs is is a lot of fun, um, especially if you have an NPC that's very memorable for being either very silly or very serious or very evil. Um, and having that interaction with players, uh, it's is is a blast. And and. Uh, um, yeah, it could be it could be religious tension. It could be uh, law and order. It could be um, um, if uh, if uh, if you know. Think of also like issues with with food and water. Uh, if they're in the, the woods and and they've been traveling for a long time, um, the idea that they may starve or or dehydrate. Uh, it, you know, if you add that that those type of elements in, could create a, uh, an urgency in players that they want to try to finish the adventure as much as fast as they can. Yes, adding adding some new consequences um, to a scene, um, adding a adding a surprise to a scene, a really in a political scene. You know, someone does something really unexpected. You know, I, I enjoyed Game of Thrones, uh, but it got a little formulaic. Um, because it seemed like what he was doing was um, at every junction, uh, the worst possible outcome came about, <laughs> which was great for the first couple of seasons. Um, but that is something that you could use in your game, right? You know, the, the characters are there to try to stop a war. Well, it's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Oh, somebody on their side loses their cool and kills someone. Bang, tension, <laughs> right there. <laughs> the worst possible thing that could happen. Um, so the other the other thing that's really useful is keep an eye on the clock to see how much time you have in the session because um if you're near the end of the session you can just come up with some crazy cliffhanger and not worry how, about how it plays out because you've got a whole week to think about it <laughs> you know <laughs> you're just wow suddenly you know the king has a heart attack and falls down oh, oh crap what's up <laughs> i don't know I, you, you have no idea what it's going to do, but don't worry, you've got an entire week to think about it. So that just kind of builds in the tension um, to the to the whole game instead of the, just the one scene. Um, but uh, RJ, like you were saying, uh, being prepared ahead of time, um, what I like to do is um, I'm a big fan of modular uh, elements in a game that I can drop in and take out. And um, for tension scenes, for action scenes, I like to have a, a common threat for the genre that I can just drop in. I call this the belligerent dwarf method. <laughs> so if the if the players are in town and things are getting boring, some belligerent dwarf picks a fight with them. <laughs> if it's Star Wars, a group of stormtroopers show up and start shooting at them. Why? For <laughs> no either reason. They're, star they're stormtroopers. They're everywhere, you know? So that's their job. They're in a dungeon. It's a ghoul or, or an undead. It just pops out of the wall and attacks them. It doesn't need a reason. So, you know, you should have a couple of those, <laughs> a couple of encounters like that, that fit your genre that you can just say, oh, wow, things are getting boring. Angry dwarf, there. And yeah. Toss that in. <laughs> those are great um, action escalation um, techniques. Um, and I'd like to add to that by saying that you know, working with the environment is also really satisfying. It's the kind of thing you see a lot in movies and TV shows 
and in fiction, uh, where the tension is also being provided, not just by, you know, the characters and the, the, the antagonists, but also by the environment changes that maybe were incidentally made or intentionally made. Um, so there's all kinds of things you can do. It depends, like, is there a drawbridge? Does it mean up or down matter? Will it change everything? That's right. um, do the things cover? Fire, the, the, yeah, you know, exactly. Folks to think, you know. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, the water level was rising. Um, yeah. These are all sort of Indiana Jones sorts of tropes, for, but or or um, Princess Bride, or or that sort of Errol Flynn action scene. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was great at that. Yeah. The scene where the uh, they're fencing, then they're fencing on a water wheel, and then the water wheel disconnects from the mill, and they're fencing in a rolling water wheel. Right, that tension just kept going up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, one thing you can do when you're not in combat yet is they're in, and they're in a dangerous situation, like in a dungeon or something. Um, often, uh, a GM will surprise their characters with a threat. That's great, but there's also a lot of um, a lot of use to be used for foreshadowing, right? Instead of hiding your threat, advertise it. You know, it's kind of the drums in the deep sort of thing, right? You tell them there's a threat coming and they can hear it and it's getting closer. And then they get to build that up for a couple rounds, you know, and then and then you have a burst in them. Or if you're, if you're mean, it bursts at them from another location. Or if you're really kind of crazy, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's you're describing the horror genre. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's right. <laughs> Where at right. some point your players will beg you to hit that they can hit something. Can I please hit something? My tension is so high. I just want to hit something. Yeah, and, and that sort of horror suspense uh, escalation is really fun to do. Uh, of course, the environment is a big part of that. Uh, you can change, uh, you can give them all the sensations, change the, the feeling of the air, of the ground. You can remove a, a sense, which I, I find is really, really like they're in darkness, they can't see, or there's something going on. There's this drone and it drowns out everything they can't hear. Um, and then, of course, you can give them these little sixth sense things too, like you feel like you're being watched, the hairs on your back, your neck stand up, that sort of thing. Um, and at some point, they will start begging to actually find something so they can hit it and release some of this tension. <laughs> Yes, uh, you're particularly good at this. I still remember all these years later that the uh, the the most tension I ever had at the gaming table was was a game you were running. Uh, it was a space game. I don't remember a lot of the details. We were on a spaceship, and there was something on the spaceship with us, and we just couldn't find it, and it kept like attacking us and disappearing. It must have been Star Wars because that was our yeah was. science fiction game. But oh my goodness, what a I was just, you know, I was literally nervous sitting at the table. <laughs> it was great. The other kind of um, scenes that are pretty popular in fiction and in TV and movies are chase scenes, and they often come up in role-playing games as well. Um, and being able to escalate a chase scene is super important because you don't want it to turn into a roll-off of speed or, or maneuvering or something like that. And you look at TV or movies and it's always the same sorts of tropes and you can use those tropes. You know, the baby strollers coming out front or there's a fruit yep. stand that needs to be smashed into, um, a garbage truck suddenly appears, right? You can always do those sorts of things. Sure, but sure. Um, but you should have those prepared ahead of time for chases. Um, like a third party joins the chase, maybe the police or the city watch are joining the chase. Now they're chasing you or they're also chasing that person and you have to reach them first. Um, and then, of course, there's the crowd with watching the entertainer, sort of, uh, you know, people getting lost. Uh, maybe there's some danger. Um, 
some there's a duel happening and you running right through the duel um <laughs> crazy stuff yeah parades <laughs> exactly there's a parade of fire jugglers there you go <laughs> uh so, sometimes i i do especially if they're new players i uh i i want them to take the 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 adventure seriously um so usually if they're in a dungeon i will do certain things that so that whenever so is, this is what I mean. Um, I had a group of players just, um, go to the dungeon and they open the door and I say, oh, so you, you open the door? And <laughs> I kind of repeat that in, in, in a very uh, more serious way. And they, they stop and think about it. And then they they go ahead and open the door and then they find it's a mimic. And they're like, oh, they, they run away. They go to the other door. Oh, it's a mimic. No. And it's like, <laughs> and I just, I just create so much like chaos, especially in the, in the first like half an hour, so that every time they go into a room in a dungeon, they take it seriously. You know, they they uh, learn immediately that they you know they send a rogue in first. You know, uh, make sure they check for traps. You know, have your your wizard ready for wizard ready for spells. Um, have your fighter ready, got the, the sword drawn. You know, so they they get the 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 the, the mode of the the adventure uh, correctly. Yeah, you can always uh, kill an NPC. That's what they're for. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, oh. Red shirt. Whack. <laughs> but um, the the one thing I I've noticed that really slows down the game a lot are the rules sometimes. Um, uh, there's there's nothing frustrating where, well, I want to say frustrating. Uh, uh, there's nothing nothing that slows the game down where uh, a matter may come up like let's say grappling, you know, or um, knocking someone out. You know, what, what are the rules for that? And if you don't if, if you play many different versions of D&D like I do, uh, or different different systems, you kind of like get that muddled. So a lot of times on the spot, I'll just make something up, you know, like, okay, just make this roll. If you do so, this happens. Um, because I, I don't want to spend too much time, all right, let's get the book out, look look for the page, read it, and and then and, and any other, and go to page this if you're trying to do that. And it just slows it down. I don't want to spend 15, 20 minutes trying to figure something out. Uh, a lot of times, if I just don't know it, I just make a rule on the spot and then I just proceed on. Because I've, I've, I've been in, in, in games where um, uh, that type of thing comes up and then the, the Ninja Master wants to find that rule and half an hour passes. And by then, I'm like, all right, I think I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, all the steam tension is melted away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One one of the benefits I think of having my scene escalations um, prepared ahead of time is it makes it, it gives me the power to say yes to the crazy stuff the players want to do, that will change things in unexpected ways because I can I know that I can match them in changing everything and making it more unexpected and continue to challenge them. Um, if I had something sort of preset and I was worried about the equilibrium being upset, then I would be less likely to ex accept big changes. Like, hey, can I do this really creative thing that would change everything? Um, I want to be able to say yes, of course, right? That's the, the first rule of improv, right? So you want to be able to say yes, and you can do that with confidence when you know that you, you're going to bring things up a level as well, no matter what they throw at you. The last thing I would like to say about scene tension is that um, sometimes it is not necessary to raise the tension. Uh, I think it's necessary, it's, it's one of the most important skills you can have as a game master is to be able to read the table. Um, and if 
everybody is involved in in the game in the scene then maybe you should just leave it alone even if it's even if it's technically boring you know <laughs> if um or even if there's nothing for you to do just sit back and enjoy the fact your players are uh, really enjoying what's going on I, I had a whole game session i introduced um uh, I introduced this this um, item that one party wanted, and two different parties wanted it, but the players had it. And they spent the entire session debating about who got the sword. Which, you know, when you put it like that, sounds really boring. And you think, oh my god, how did you run such a terrible session? You should have done something to increase the tension. And yet, everybody at the table was involved in this serious discussion, thrown back and forth, and you know they were really involved, and uh, you know I just let them go for it. It was a little dull for me. I, I was down to like you know GMing the weather. I'm like, oh, it started to rain. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but but my point is that as long as everybody's having a good time, let it ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, thank you everyone for participating in this uh, exciting roundtable. Um, and uh, to our viewers out there, um, if you have um, uh, tips that you want to share, uh, put them in the comments below, uh, like and subscribe, and be safe out there. Take care.